The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station, JVC Broadcasting Management, or its sponsors. And we'd like to welcome you to another edition of Spotlight on Long Island Schools on 103.9 LI News Radio. Out on the web at linewsradio.com. Spotlight on Long Island Schools is brought to you by the National Suffolk School Boards Association, serving Long Island school boards since 1959. Bob Vecchio welcoming back the Malvern School District to Spotlight on Long Island Schools. The last time they were here, they had a street renamed because, well, the person that the street was named after was not a good player in the community, and they made history by getting that street renamed. And recently, the news of that action by their students who took up civics that could be all a lesson for all of us, even made the news internationally. That's how big of a deal it was. But it's just a piece of what's going on at that high school and in that school district. And they've been recognized as a turnaround school and a school to keep an eye on for sure. And we're here to talk to the district administration about what they've done to turn the high school and the school district around. We're pleased to be joined by the high school principal, Dr. Vincent Romano. Welcome to Spotlight on Long Island Schools. Uh, thank you very much. First of all, it's an honor to be here today and have the opportunity to share the Malvern story on behalf of the faculty, staff, and community who worked so hard um, to make Malvern the special place it is today. I know you wanted to talk a little bit about where we came from, and, and I can't, a good starting point, I know in 2015, um, Carol Burris had recognized us for an award, kind of like a turnaround school and a top-performing school, and, and never forget, and I know Kesha, you were at the table, um, she asked, well, what'd you guys do? You know, we were kind of like, well, wow, what did we do? So th there was no prescribed plan going in, but we worked so hard. I mean, we worked really hard to just try different things that would work to motivate, to inspire. And listen, some things worked, some things didn't. Uh, those that worked, we continue. Um, but to give you an idea uh, what Malvern was like at the time, certainly we had one of the highest suspension rates in Nassau County. I think we had 499 suspensions. Um, and, and, and get this, we only had 550 kids. So... Hmm. Um, certainly we missed a few there. I don't know. How. <laughs> um, and then we talk a little bit about the school culture. I remember the pep rally and, you know, I was stationed at one of the doors because there was a concern that students usually leave during the pep rally. So I was at the door waiting for students and I couldn't fathom this because my high school experience and we all relate to our high school experience. It was always a pep rally. It was great. I mean, it's amazing. Uh, it's a good time. It's a lot of fun. You want to be there. Yeah, you fought for a seat in the bleachers. That's and it. Otherwise, yeah, you'd be sure standing enough. underneath them. <laughs> As I'm standing there, a few kids walk out. I walk up to them, ready to turn them back, and then the, the floodgates open. I mean, it might have been 100 students um, walking out of the building. And if, if there's a sure sign of an unhealthy culture, um, that's certainly one of them. And um, I know we tried to inspire kids, and we were going into class and kind of give pep talks and, and having different people speak to them. And there was this, uh, you know, this, this, this mediocrity where students felt if they weren't failing a class, they were doing okay. I'm not failing everything, anything. I'm doing okay. I couldn't tell you how many times we heard that. Uh, we kind of scratched our heads, and um, we wanted to make a difference, and we had a great crew of educators that cared. So we were willing to try just about anything. Um, certainly one of the first things we had to tackle uh, was suspensions. Uh, we couldn't be the highest suspension rate in Nassau County. That's not okay. So I know one of the things we prescribed to at the time was discipline with dignity. Um, and it's a phenomenal program because it's really about building relationships, um, focusing on the action, not the person. Good kids make bad decisions kind of thing. And right. a mentor of mine said, hey, when, when, when parents thank you 
after a suspension, you know you did your job, which sounds kind of crazy. But if you take the time um, to listen, to have those conversations and listen, good kid made bad decision. We got to learn from it and move on. Um, you do. You get that thank you, which was, was pretty amazing. Fast forward a little bit as we did reduce suspensions quite a bit. Um, I know Ms. Bascom was one of uh, Ms. Bascom's things was restorative practices. And we worked hard together to bring that to Malvern High School. And that's kind of taking us to the next level right now. And before we get to Ms. Bascom to talk about the restorative practices, talk to us a little bit about the diversity and give us an idea of the size of your district so the listening audience knows uh, what the Malvern School District looks like. We're about, uh, today we're about, six, uh, about 660 students. We usually range about 130 in a class, a little over 550. Um, usually about 50%, a little bit more um, black. We have a growing um, number of Hispanics, close to about 25%, um, and growing maybe 15% Caucasian or white. And then we have a 5% Asian population. So we're very diverse, and that's, that's one of our strengths. It's something we're very proud of. Absolutely. We can learn a lot of- from our students. Absolutely. A lot of assets with the diversity within the community. And, and you said something, too, that your community is growing, too, which is kind of bucking the trend on Long Island uh, with regards to enrollment. So as your enrollments change and the demographics change, you seize on the opportunities and the assets. And we'd like to welcome the spotlight on Long Island Schools, the assistant principal there at Malvern <clears throat> High School. Keisha, uh, welcome to Spotlight on Long Island Schools and and talk to us. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously you missed a few kids if you were suspending 499 and you had 550 <laughs> kids. You probably had some heavy hitter repeaters there. But talk to us about how you turned that process around to make sure that, uh, you know, kids understood behavior boundaries. But the first answer wasn't kicking him out of the building. So, so coming on board in uh, Malvern, you always had the, as an assistant principal, part of your, your task with is to always go on the run. You're always running, making the pickup kids. You're trying to work with the teachers. You're, you're talking to a lot of um, back and forth with parents. But part of what Dr. Romano said was like this, um, looking at discipline with dignity, um, punishment versus consequences. And every time when a student gets in trouble or a teacher sends them out of the classroom or something, you're looking at the kids just thinking like, nobody wants to listen to me. It's a punishment. Give me my time and I'm out of here. But the tr truth be told is that once we started putting in restorative practices, this was about in 2018, um, Dr. Romano, there's many times that I've come to his table and I was like, we have to come up with different alternatives. Um, I came up with an alternative suspension program where if before we even think about taking the kid and moving them outside of school, we're like, OK, let's how about you stay in school? because then how are they gonna work in their classes? But at that point, it was like, okay, how about doing an assignment and let's talk about it. Then you're gonna pr produce it to, you know, present it to us. So that was part of the conversation we had. We also thought that maybe the punishment or it should fit the crime sometimes, if that's the way to put it. Sure. But it was like, if, if I did something, like I put, posted something on social media, um, part of the thing was like, okay, if I'm going to suspend you, you didn't really, like, did you think before you did it? So half of it was having a conversation with the kids and giving them that, that opportunity. And that's what restorative practices was built on pretty much. That's how eventually it came through Nassau Boses. They had, um, a workshop, Dr. Ron and myself, we went there, we were trained and I was more than excited to come and turn key to our teachers. So, right, I mean, you know, I'm getting close to that time, that year, right when we started turning key to the teachers and everything like that, we started implementing some pieces of it. 
it was just like the pandemic happens. And I will say the biggest restorative practice that we had to put into place right now was during the pandemic where everyone was working at home because that was like the wild, wild west of social media. What goes out there? Um, all You can think of all the things that could possibly come about during that time, especially when everyone was, was sitting. And um, it just so happened that we were able to still bring kids in. We're talking to them just to make sure their voices are heard. Um, virtually, I had class, uh, you know, meeting sessions with students because that's part of it. The one thing is that if I'm being removed from a class or I'm, make, or I'm being kicked out from a web page, website at that moment or anything, it's like, what's the reason? And I don't think that's the thing we ever ask kids. We don't give kids the opportunity to speak for themselves. And the moment you give them that piece for them to speak for themselves, to explain and try and find the root cause and why this happened and how it affected others, and that's part of restorative practice, they realize that the damage that they may have caused is not just in that moment, it's there's might be long-term effects of it. And how is it that I can actually um, repair my relationship with teachers, with students, if I had a fight, even if I'm online, how do I get back into the classroom? And I think that I will have to say that restorative practice, I don't have to think, I know that. It has helped students better become better communicators with their teachers. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, before they get sent out the classroom, they stop and think how to have this conversation now. Because we as an administration have practiced it so much with them that they are understanding like, okay, what did I do wrong? And it's, and there was a culture shift in having, once we put restorative practices, where if they acted out spontaneously, because that's kids, no matter what, this is high school, they're going to react to certain things. Somebody says something, they don't like how their hair is done. Yeah. They're going to they're snap really quick. But the funniest thing is before the snapping happens or the way they respond, I think that they start to think to themselves now because of how many times we've spoken to them, like, What's going on here? And that's the main question that kids have to determine at that moment. What did I do that's wrong? What, what, um, how am I affecting others around me? Am I affecting just myself or did I affect my teacher? And most of the times when you do speak to them and they realize that, okay, I might have interrupted a class, I might have interrupted a web session, if that was the case, that's where it becomes a struggle for them. And then you know what? It's ultimately, at the end of the day, they grapple with that thought to make sure you know what? I don't want to, I don't want to make someone feel hurt. I don't want to, you know, do that. And they repair that relationship. So you're building self-awareness with the students, empathy with the teachers to make the connection yeah. so that the discipline is not harsh or too hard off the bat. We're talking with the folks from the Malvern High School and the Malvern School District, and they've been recognized as a turnaround school and a school that succeeds in settings that sometimes schools have trouble succeeding. And we're going to learn about more of what they do to keep on the pathways of success so that their students are successful when they graduate the Malvern School District. You're listening to Spotlight on Long Island Schools on 103.9 LI News Radio and out on the web at linewsradio.com. to welcome you back to Spotlight on Long Island Schools on 103.9 LI News Radio, out on the web at linewsradio.com. This is Bob Vecchio reminding you that Spotlight on Long Island Schools is brought to you by the Nassau Suffolk School Boards Association, serving Long Island School Boards since 1959. We're continuing our conversation with the administration from the Malvern High School. 
It's a high school in Nassau County, kind of a small high school, but very diverse. And they are talking about how they turned their building around from having a hundred kids leave a pep rally where most kids will try to cram into a pep rally just to, so they didn't have to do anything else, but get to the pep rally and turn it into a school that has been recognized as a turnaround school and a school that succeeds and continues to succeed against, well, maybe other people's expectations. Dr. Vincent Romano, he's the high school principal, been with the district for 18 years. Principal is 10 years. His assistant principal, Keisha, has also been there for 10 years. And they are obviously the dynamic duo. You listen to the two of them. They are very in tune, aligned with the mission and the vision that they have created there at the high school. Dr. Romano, I guess one of the things, you know, it's one thing, the culture that was created over a period of time that you helped change. And I guess one of the things that I always think about is you have to change the culture from within. The students have to see that the expectations are high, and they also have to realize that they could achieve those expectations. But if, but if you don't have the buy-in from the staff, those expectations aren't going to be communicated. Talk to us how you built up the expectations and the culture change within the staff. Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. Um, you know, I think if we're talking about raising the bar, I mean, we talked a little bit about what we did on the on the suspension end. I always see it as kind of like a push from the bottom and a pull to the top, which is kind of what we did with our students. But first and foremost, number one is building relationships. And I think we demonstrated that um, a lot through our disciplinary hearings and then bringing teachers in. And I'll tell you, we, we talked about being bent on suspensions. And, you know, I'd start the conversation with teachers in the hallway. Like, Listen, we're suspending these kids. Like, there's no question. He's out. He's out there. He's done. Let's go in and just see what he has to say and entertain him a little bit. And we'd go in and listen. Some of our kids have tough lives and they came from tough backgrounds and they're going through tough stuff. And listen, I had a pretty good upbringing and, uh, you know, your heart goes out to them. But I'll tell you about at the end of those meetings, the teachers were ready to say, no, don't suspend them. Like, I didn't know this. So mm-hmm. that started to evolve into, well, let me find out a little bit more about my kids. And, um, you know, relations became relationships became pinnacles, like the thing to do. And um, I'll <laughs> Something here was a little trick for us. We got a little bit lucky, but we, we replaced about 40% of our staff between 2009 and 2013. Wow. It was 40% of our staff. That's phenomenal. Um, and that being the case, we got to hire what we thought were the best teachers. And we focused on um, passion, uh, genuine love for children, uh, people who are reflective, because you can't teach that, right? I can teach you how to be a teacher, but I can't teach you to love children. And, um, and we hired some of the best teachers. And I'll tell you to this day, um, I'm pretty confident saying Malvern has some of the best teachers in the county, if not the state and the nation, because um, they care, they're passionate, they work hard, they don't give up on our kids, and um, you can't replace that. And usually the hiring process comes at the most difficult times, so if there's anything I can say, you have to give 100% to the hiring process um, and make sure you're hiring the right teachers. So we, we certainly had the right teachers. Um, and then we had to kind of change what success looks like, right? We have teachers who are used to 95 98% passing. And we had an AP program that was, you know, the haves and the have-nots. And mm-hmm. listen, I have 10 kids in my class, I have 100% passing. I'm going to put 10 more in, and you're going to have me down at 70% passing. Oh, my God, I can't right. handle that. Right. Um, and you can imagine a teacher who's had that passing percentage at that number, what 70% would look like. But I always said, listen, I'd rather see 30 kids in your class with 70% passing than 10 with 100% passing. And so we really had to change what success looked like um, and, and recognize with, with teachers that, 70% was good. This is something to be proud of, um, especially when you compare it to the national and state averages. Um, I remember my first year as, as principal, and I was really um, bent on increasing AP numbers and enrollment because if kids didn't get an 80 on a reading exam, they were being taken out. 
because that was mm. the mark. That was one of the marks. You had to get an 80 on the Regents exam if they didn't get it. So I get a list of kids who got um, below an 80 and they'd have to come out. Well, my last year as AP and I was the hired principal, I said, we're not doing that. Let's give it a shot. Um, and I'll never forget my conversation with then superintendent, Dr. Hunderfun, who said, um, you know, certainly I want to make sure he understood that when we increase enrollment, the likely relationship is the passing percentages go down. And I don't want to be the new principal with the passing percentages going down like that. Um, and I'll never forget what he said to me. He said, well, that's great, but what do we need to do to make sure that doesn't happen? Um, I took a gulp and walked out of the room and scratched my head and I went right back to my mm. teachers and said, what do we need? What do we need? Um, and listen, they sat down, they were ready to go and they were excited about it. And they talked about having additional lab periods. They talked about having review classes, Saturday classes, mock exams. Um, we brought in um, 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 <clears throat> paraprofessionals to demonstrate uh, what good teaching looked like and what you, we, we should expect from AP students. And they took these kids to the top. And I'll tell you, we were twice recognized by the college board for increasing AP enrollment um, and at the same time increasing passing percentages. Um, we were one of 495 schools in the nation in Canada, twice. So that was wow. very impressive. I give all the credit to the teachers. I don't care how good your administrators are. I don't care how good your culture is. The, the, the person that makes the biggest difference for our kids is the one that stands before them every day for 43 minutes, and that's the teacher. So we have amazing teachers, and that's what's making the biggest difference right now. Um, fast forward a little bit because when we're getting the kids to the to to graduate, what's the next step? It's college, and that was kind of like all right. We were a little bit we we weren't ready for that. Um, I know we hired a director of counseling who was phenomenal um, experience in that area. Was getting kids next. So we always said we bring them to the one yard line. We got to get them into the end zone, and that's college. Right. And Miss um, Goddessman, who's our director of counseling, has a wealth of knowledge in that area and did a fantastic job getting some of our kids into some of the top schools in the nation. I think we had um, 25 of our students accepted to the top 50 schools, uh, according to U.S. News and World Report's best, high, best college and universities. And that didn't happen by chance. Um, exposing students to college-level college coursework, AP, dual enrollment courses. Um, I think we have over 20 AP courses and um, close to 15 dual enrollment courses for the exposure to college curriculum. And the research will tell you that. That's why we did it. Exposure to the college curriculum in high school makes the biggest difference for success in college. So we increased that. Um, we started the senior seminar course. Um, Kesha, you want to talk a little bit about the senior seminar course? Um, so I get the senior seminar is designed for students who are getting ready for college and career. So they have to get their writing piece in. Um, so we have teachers who always teach kids about their writing in class, but there was not enough time built in the curriculum for them to actually go over students' essay writing, those pieces for colleges, go through the stories. So the senior seminar class was built for those kids and it started off really small with a, a group of kids who are like, okay, we just need more time. And one teacher saying, okay, so between now we have the teachers, the guidance counselor that actually built into their schedule. They go to the classroom. Um, students are able to start their college writing process, their essays, their personal essay with them. The teachers are giving them feedback. The counselors pushing in the classroom. They're looking at the essays to make sure that they're hitting the targets, what they need in there. And um, 
it has grown from starting with the kids going down to the counseling center, bombarding them to just say, can you read mm-hmm. my essay? They're bombarding their teachers every time in their classes. Like, okay, it, it, it was so bad that literally, um, I know that the teachers, the director of guidance was literally carrying home like tons of essays, reading them over and trying to do it. So after we saw the need for it, that was part of the things where we actually put the class in place, where it's built in. And the class has grown quite a, quite a bit. It, we started, how much did we start off with Dr. Ramon, if you remember, because right now we have two sections. We start off with one section with one, with one group of kids going in and it's a half year course. But this year now, I know we definitely have two sections and um, we have it for our juniors that are all like knocking on the door to be in there just so mm-hmm. at least, and it starts early. That's important. You have to realize that. So we're not waiting for their senior year, especially in their junior year, if they are right now working on it. Um, they're well prepared by the time September, December comes through for the next year and they can uh, start putting, uploading their essays into the Naviance, which is our portal. Yeah. Have. So listen, you, you, you have the buy-in from the staff. You obviously have the buy-in from the kids. So the big question is Dr. Romano, your pep rallies nowadays, our kids, like, are you holding them back from going in if they don't belong there or are they still you, you screaming wear, out? What, earplugs. <laughs> the decibels are so loud and they, so in our, in our coming down in our We're last minute, yeah, in our I, last I, minute here, tell us one last thing that you want the yeah, public to know about Malvern School I'll, District. I'll tell you just just real quick. I mean, we've had tremendous success, and certainly, like I said before, there's not a person in, in the administrative team um, that feels like our work is done. There's a, there's a lot more to go, and Dr. Lewis is our leader now, and um, she's the person that's going to take us to the next level. And uh, challenging all of us like we've never been challenged before and that's kind of what we needed you know an outside perspective coming in saying hey you need to do this you need to do that um one of the things that dr lewis had brought to our attention is say hey listen um let's think about our students on the on the after they leave malvern high school and that's really what success is where are our students when they leave um, we design profile of a graduate um, which are the things that we are committed to as a school the experiences that, stu- that students need to experience um, and walk away from Alvin High School having. Well, excited to hear about all the changes and all the good things that are happening there at Malvern High School. I have a personal family history to Malvern High School, so it's great to hear. Next time we have you back, we're going to talk to some of those students and the profile of your future graduates. You've been listening to Spotlight on Long Island Schools and the folks from the Malvern School District and the Turnaround School at Malvern High School. We thank them for joining us. They just keep doing things that just keep amazing us. So we'll definitely have them back. And keep tuning in to Spotlight on Long Island Schools on 103.9 LI News Radio. Out on the web at linewsradio.com. Thanks for tuning in. And until next week, take care and stay safe. The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station, JVC Broadcasting Management, or its sponsors.